All right, Susie, we're live. Armand, my live has team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Secular Jihadist. I am Susanna McIntyre. I'm the president and CEO of Atheist Republic. And with me, we have, of course, Armand Navabi, founder of Atheist Republic. And our guest today is Ali Ibrahimzadeh. Hello, Ali. Hello to everyone. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I was so excited to talk with you guys. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. So for those of you who do not know, Ali is an Iranian activist living in America. And um, he was, there's a lot that goes into his activism that we're going to dive into. And he's also involved with an organization called the Normal Life Council or a campaign called Normal Life for Iranians. Um which we'll also discuss. Um, but he has also been the subject of a lot of news and controversy lately uh, that we are going to dive into. Um, so Ali is very well known for his activism surrounding opposition to the Iranian regime. And um, particularly in regards to uh, speaking to Iranian Americans or Iranians living in America or um, Iranians living outside of Iran in general, both specific focus on the U.S. And um, yeah, there's so much I want to talk to you about. (laughs) I'm so excited because I keep my eyes open. I um, am very like tuned into like Iranian anti-regime, like social media, um, but I don't speak Farsi, I, so I have to rely on auto translations. And so it's kind of, I have to piece together what you're up to. And then I have to go back and talk to Armin and be like, <laughs> I saw Lee was doing this. I saw Sam was doing this. And then he has to fill in the gaps for me. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to you in this format, because um, also it'll help you get more exposure to an English speaking audience. Um, which I think is important. I, I want more people to know and understand what you do. Um, so th- that was me rambling. Uh, thank you for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. So yes, uh, Susie, uh, I mean, uh, let, let me talk about my background a little for, I mean, your audience. And I accept my apologize because I talked to Susie, I learned English in construction job site. I came to this country seven years ago, so I had really tough days. At the first, I passed two or three English semester in college, but I had to go directly to the, I mean, market and I start working. So, apologize. I mean, I, 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 I accept my apologies. I'm trying to, I mean, do my best in this interview. But no, as, don't apologize. <laughs> you, you're great. <laughs> as as what you say, I mean. We, we, as you know, we have lots of issue and problem with Islamic regime in Iran. People of Iran are suffering. I mean, they, they are really demand and seeking normal life because government and regime, they, they don't let them to choose their dress code, their clothing. Actually, they not allowed to choose what to drink. The alcoholic drinks are, I mean, uh, forbidden in Iran. Actually, we, we, we don't have freedom of speech inside Iran. Iranian people, um, they're not allowed to protest. I mean, 
we we have we have in every single corner of our life iranian life the regime is involved they are, they are, they are throwing to, i mean they are trying to running islamic and sharia law for all peoples and they everybody have to follow them actually after uh, revolution in 1979 many things changed in iran as i remember i i started protesting against regime when i was iran it was i mean i guess since 2005 i i was i was in every single protesting in a street i was really good a street fighter <laughs> we were fighting with them i mean uh, sometimes we 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 were we were we were asking them what happened to our vote because regime cheated in election and changed the result of that. So we ask where is my vote and we start protesting against them. And also I was doing blogging. I was a blogger. I draw and design animation and cartoon and make fun of the. Uh, supreme leader of Iran. So, but all of those was as an anonymous person. They didn't know my identity before I came to this country. After I came to the United States, oh, let me tell you, sorry. I, I study at the university in major of reconstruction historical building. That's kind of the construction major. But I was interested to work as a graphic designer. So I had my own company inside the Iran. Then I came here. I had two choice to work as a graphic designer or follow my, I mean, study in university construction. But I chose the construction. So recently I passed the general building exam to get my license to run my own company in United States. Congratulations. Thank you. But I'm still working as a construction laborer. I mean, I'm still working. We do the custom closet and carpentry. Nice. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Let's talk about the campaigns. I mean, later. Yeah. So I'm very curious about how, what, what inspired your activism? What made you say, I have to get out there and say something? You know, when I came to this country, I saw and felt there is many things. I mean, that's, that's, that's the huge differences between the United States quality of life and Iran. So I was really wondering because, because you know, you cannot imagine you have to live in some of the country like Iran to totally understand many, many things in in Iran is forbidden. You are not allowed to do, you are not allowed to have a really normal life. I'm not talking about the, I mean, rich people or luxury lifestyle. I'm talking about the normal life. Whatever people do in all around the world, all of them are forbidden. I mean, Iranian people are not allowed to do that. So since I guess two years, almost two years ago, I started to explain for Iranian people we I mean how I mean the, the, the quality of life of the free world. What's the differences exactly? 
<clears throat> and people really, really, I mean, get attention to my campaign. So we name it Normal Life Campaign. I'm talking about the freedom of speech. I'm talking about the freedom of the, I mean, freedom of the dress code. You can choose your clothes. You can choose what you want to drink or eat. I mean, everything. And nobody never done this before for Iranian people. Usually we, we did, we had, a, I mean, other campaigns against the hijab. Masih Alinejad was doing that for the long time, but it was never happened before someone explained for them about the the everything and <clears throat> hopefully we are doing that i mean since two years ago can you give us some examples of some things that you showed in campaign that is part of normal life in us that we don't have that in iran actually as you know the 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 economy and i mean the the, the, the economy got, I mean, lots of problems recently in Iran mm. uh, because regime doing the terror activity, activity, I mean, activity all around the world and the free countries had to put some sanction on them. That's one of the reasons. In other hands, regime doesn't care about the Iranian people economy and they waste their money for their proxy in all around the Middle East. They support the terror organization. For example, Hezbollah in Yemen is Houthi. Uh, Iranian regime pays them directly cash. Uh, so Iranian got lots of problem for the, I mean, for the, in their economy. Uh, two years ago, I, had, I mean, I shared my drink and some of the food stuff in my Twitter account and said, cheers, I shared my uh, glass of whiskey and shared to everyone and hoped a better future for them. Iranian people who live inside the Iran start counting and calculating how much cost these stuff because they are not able to afford it. They said we have to work, for example, three or four months to pay for something like that. Even if I want to pay that, we are not able to find bottle of whiskey inside the Iran. That was, I mean, I, I, I started thinking about Wait, that. How so, much was a bottle of whiskey? Honestly, Honestly, I paid for all of those almost $200. I mean, oh. that was one day working for me mm -hmm. as a, I mean, as a uh, minimum wage. Actually, I earn more than minimum wage, but that's unbelievable. I mean, whatever you can pay for one day working and provide it, they are not able to do that inside Iran. So I decided to share some of my private information about my salary. I went to my customer home. I had a great job. I had to install a shelves, lots of shelves inside my customer home. And my company paid me $2,300 for two days working to me. 
I, I, I share my information inside, I mean, into the Twitter and I told them, hey guys, come here. Once I want to explain for you what's the differences exactly working for in United States and inside you. I told them I earned $2,300 for just two days working, but you guys have to work two and a half years, two and a half years to earn this much money. But what about the, the cost? Wouldn't you have to also adjust it for the cost of living? Because the cost of living. Yes, is- because because Iranian labor and workers gets two hundred dollar per month, but American workers and labor minimum wage is almost I mean hundred fifty dollars or two hundred dollars per day. That's the differences. Especially if you're yeah. protected by a union. Correct. Well, I mean, union workers get more. I mean, I, I know yeah. that. I mean, more. But I find I think really... also... oh, Go okay. ahead, Armin. No, I'm just saying that you also have to adjust that a little bit with the cost of living as well. Um, so the, diff- the, the it will still come up much better for US side, but the difference would be lessened a little bit, I think, if you adjust it for the cost of living. Because like $100 in the US gets you a lot less than a hundred dollars in Iran. You could buy a lot more stuff with a hundred dollars in Iran. So you no, have no, to adjust. No, no. no, I'm not agree with that because the only differences is the rent cost. Iranian people pay based on dollar. I mean, if you want to buy, let me tell you recently, the oil price for the cooking oil get mm-hmm. i mean get raised inside the inside iran they are paying more than us for one uh one 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 bucket of oils i mean cooking oils it's unbelievable mm-hmm. the cost i mean the only thing we are paying more is the apartment rents we are paying more that that's true we we pay mm, i mean much more than them but for the food price for I mean car price, vehicles, everything is more expensive in Iran. Okay, well, uh, uh, well, I have to double check that, but okay, um, sure, I'm gonna take your word for it for now. Yeah, but for example, you... if you want to buy a car in Iran, you have to pay cash, mm-hmm. and the price is twice because government doesn't let the companies import car in iran but here we pay minimum price and also we pay i mean by credit card i mean by payment monthly payment oh yeah by uh, loan by loan correct yes um what do you say to people who say well that's the fault of united states for putting sanctions on the iran that's why the iranian people are suffering how would you respond to that Actually, Iranian people know the the reason the reason of sanction is regime, not United States. When when you see someone trying to hurt another one, you're gonna put him in the jail. You're gonna put some, I mean, uh, sanction on them. That's that's that makes sense. The the uh, the only reason for the sanctions is the I mean the regime activities. Mm. 
Yeah, so so you're saying sanctions will you should expect sanctions the way the regime behaves. That's the natural exactly. reaction. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um D was asking in the live chat, what it, was it a culture shock for you when you went from Iran to the United States? Uh actually no, because uh my my family style wasn't really based on the Sharia law. We, I, I had my own freedom when I was living in Iran. And also, uh, I was living in big city, Tehran, and part of the, part of the, I mean, the better neighborhood than the southern of that. So uh, the only reason, I mean, for, to, uh, for me to come to this country was the, honestly, was the freedom of a speech and money i mean i came to this country to earn more money and get my freedom okay. I, I, i wasn't really interested because i had my own i had my my girlfriend in iran you know that's kind of the you have you can't you can get your freedom in iran but kind of the i mean sorry i try to translate farsi to english That's that's underneath of the city. You have to do, I mean, in in the basement. You cannot, you cannot, you can. You are not able to have your freedom in public. People people have their party, drinking, everything in Iran, but you are not allowed to do it in, I mean, uh, in in public. And whenever regime decide to arrest you, they're gonna do that. You don't have any guarantee to have your freedom. Mm-hmm. That's that's the problem. Yeah, you mean like you ha- you can have freedoms, but it's all underground. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mo in the live chat is saying, "What do you say to Iranians who never go to Iran but support the regime because they are uh, former communists or like?" Oh, I think Mo has a grudge. Uh, like, okay, so basically the question is, what do you say <laughs> to Iranians who never go to Iran but support the regime? that that's 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 the reason we have started the naming and shaming campaign for them mm-hmm. you know they would love to live in united states and have their own freedom but they don't like it for iranian people they support the regime who puts suffer iranian people but they have their own freedom in united states and all of the in, in europe and all of the free countries we we do the naming and shaming campaign to make a shame for them that it's not fair really yeah so your naming and shaming campaign has had a lot of activities lately that we're definitely going to have to talk about so i think what's interesting about this is because it is really aimed at focusing like targeting um hidden propaganda or soft power um where you wouldn't expect there to be an influence from the regime, but there is. And so you're bringing it to light and you're showing people, hey, I don't know if you know this person is connected to this other organization or these people who, yeah. So I think that's really important. Um, so tell us about what you guys do for the naming and shaming campaign. Actually, it started last year um, because the, the presidency election in Iran happened last year and some of the iranian people who support regime decided to vote them that's what i told you some of the iranian living outside of iran 
uh, as far as enough to, I mean, regime Sharia law and everything, but they are supporting them. For example, the person who candidate for the presidency last year, his name is Ibrahim Raisi. He executed more than 5,000 people 30 years ago. These people went to vote him from United States and other countries all around the world. We said, if you are supporting a terror regime, if you are supporting a person who did execution, we're going to film you and share in social media. You should proud because you like your, what you are doing. Our campaign naming and shaming started exactly at the presidency election. And Iranian people who live inside, they get excited. Oh my God, because before that, that was kind of, they got, they got mad, they got sad, you know. These people are living outside of Iran with their own freedom, but they are supporting the regime and nobody said anything to them. Nobody make a shame for them. They have to show what, what they do against their own people inside Iran. That makes sense. Like, oh, Armin, you looked like you were going to say something. No, you go ahead. I'll, I'll ask later. Yeah, I think for those who are not aware, like one example of this is that um, Ali and some other people who are in his campaign went to like Iranian embassies or consulates, because if you were going to vote in the election out overseas, you had to come to the consulate to do so. The election, let's be clear, it's not a real election. <laughs> exactly. And there was a major boycott that was happening in Iran to show that this is not a process that the true people support. Um, because I believe it was Khamenei himself who said that if there is less than 40% participation, like it's invalid. And so everyone was trying to say like, don't participate in the elections. But then you were saying there are people who live over here and they have their freedoms, but they are participating in the election and giving legitimacy to the regime and giving legitimacy to this fake election by inflating and boosting the numbers of who's voting. Where, meanwhile, people back in Iran are saying, no, we're not voting. This isn't real. This doesn't represent us. Um, so I think it's really amazing what you guys do to kind of like expose that betrayal. Um, yeah. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent correct. Yes. And we are doing the same thing for the mullahs lobby, I mean, the Nayak organization in the United States, they they pretending they are not their allies in the United States, what we are trying to expose them. No, we, there is lots of evidence. Nayak organization and council are doing lobby for mullahs, and they are supporting the terror organization, IRGC, in the United States. That's kind of, I mean, dangerous activity inside United States because, because we don't feel safety in United States. As an Iranian activist, even for the American people, they, they, they let them in, they get visa for, for IRGC and terror organization allies to invite them inside United States. That's it's not acceptable, really. Yeah. So that, that actually brings us to the next point. So, well, before, before oh, we get ahead. to the next one, don't, don't forget that. I just want to tell people that Javad Zarif, the former foreign minister of Iran, specifically said that 
the high number of turnouts in the, uh, the um, in the Iranian elections gives the Iranian regime legitimacy for it. It's a it's a weapon that they use to go out um, in the on an international stage to show people that the Iranian people are in support of the regime. Even though, like in previous elections, some people who voted they thought that they're voting for reformist candidates as a way to be against the current regime. But Javad Zarif made it clear that, oh, no, we we are using all of your votes as a way to legitimize the regime, even if you think that you're voting as a way to improve it. So people are like, okay, well, then we shouldn't be voting <laughs> because that's the message you're sending in the inter internationally. You're translating our votes into your own legitimacy and as a way to show that Iranian people support you. So thank you for letting us know um, we won't vote and <laughs> to, because our vote would be a no vote. And given that we can't have a referendum uh, to show that we are against you, we'll, we'll, we'll demonstrate that by not voting for any candidate at all. And this was a huge campaign in the previous election and it was very successful. The turnout was in the elections were very uh, small, uh, low. Um, but again, it's such a f feeling of betrayal where people in Iran are suffering and they're trying to get their voices out there and trying to let the people uh, outside the world know that the regime doesn't represent them. And then you have Iranians who are living outside of Iran who are not paying any of the costs, who are living free lives. When they show up to vote, it's just such a sense of betrayal. Like, why are you doing this to us? You're not you're not going to be paying for this. We are paying for this in Iran. So that's why it's, so many people feel so passionately about all of this. Exactly. I mean, for I mean, during the last 25 years, Iranian people voted to the reformists to change a little thing, the something, but nothing changed. And every year get worse, get more worse. It wasn't acceptable. I mean, for five or six years ago, 70% of Iranian people voted. But last year, I guess 20%, just 20%. And all of them boycott election in Iran. And imagine someone outside of United, I mean, South, someone outside of uh, Iran decided to vote to Mullahs. What are you doing, guys? Was it How 20%? Could you? Uh, I think yes. it was closer to 40 percent, but there was—I can't remember what it was. There was something about the numbers that were inflated. Like there were there were some people who did who um, had um, empty ballots. Okay, so actually, okay, here. So there was a lot uh, of empty ballots, and then also the they kept the void. polls open way later than they were they were supposed to be closed. They were supposed to stop voting. They were busing people. All right, so vote. I have the numbers. So okay. it was okay. So it, so this is the number that you have to adjust. It seemed like they voted forty eight percent voted. Okay, but but you have to reduce twelve percent from that, almost thirteen percent from that. Uh, well, yeah, because. Um, you know, twelve percent of them was were void, right? So the actual number would be thirty-six. Or something yes, like that. I, I believe that was less than thirty-six percent. But I mean, government, I, I mean, released that percentage. But okay, thirty thirty-six percent is okay. I mean, that that means Iranian people boycott the election. Yes. Yes. And actually, the void ones are the, be the best ones because mm -hmm. that means that people, because there are a lot of people in Iran who are forced to vote, 
like you're gonna lose your you're lose you lose your job or like um you're looked down upon you're pressured uh, people are people are pressured in different ways to make sure they vote right but the 12% or 13% void votes means that even people who had spent the time or to go up to the ballot because they had no other choice but to go there to vote, they decided to not write anything. And that was their no, no vote, you know, even all the way up to the ballot. But like, I don't want to vote for anybody. I just want to make sure that I have the stamp that shows that I voted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's exactly correct. Yeah. So... Well, let's take us to the present day because, you know, that's what you were doing last year. So mm -hmm. I <laughs> um, Ali works very closely with another activist. Uh, his name is Samar Jabi, and I follow them both on Instagram. And I saw that Sam was going live on his Instagram and there was a, a big event that was happening, another big protest. And I remember hit, uh, all of the activity from the boycott last year. So I was like, oh, boy, what's happening now? <laughs> and <laughs> Um, basically there is an extremely famous Iranian actor. His name is Parviz Parastui and he was coming to the United States for a film tour for a film that he completed. And interestingly enough, he was coming through the sponsorship of a feminist leftist organization called Code Pink which I can talk a little bit about later if we want, because I'm a little bit familiar with their Iranian propaganda, their personal experience. Um, and so there were film premieres that were happening and there were several in California and they were protesting the film premieres. And basically because Parviz was a, not even like, he was a direct friend of assassinated Quds Force General Qasem Soleimani. And um, so you guys were there to protest his presence here and this kind of whitewashing of him as a just a normal celebrated actor. And like what you were saying, to name and shame um, his support for a, a, a terrorist. Um, and so some, they didn't let some into the event because he was <laughs> yelling outside, but I was, there was footage that came out later of you when the film ended, there was like a Q and a where you could talk to the directors and then there was Ali and he stood <laughs> up on the mic and he confronted them. There was footage everywhere. And then there are people in the audience who are like, you know, giving it back to you, disagreeing. Um, so it was lots in, it was interesting for me because I was watching this unfold on Instagram and then I was like, okay, that happened. And then it got bigger and bigger and the news kept on getting bigger and bigger. And then it was on Iran international. I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> but tell me about your experience with all that. And also I want to know what you said to Parviz because I can't understand Farsi and I don't know what you said to him. Yeah. I have to tell you a story for, I mean, from, 2019 in november 2019 iranian people demonstrate and protest against regime in more than 300 cities and government shut down the internet and killed 15 more than 1500 people in just three days you cannot imagine how how bloody stuff is that 
no one can believe that after they turned the internet on all of the films and reports came out and we 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 got i mean we understood based on reuters uh, reports more than 1500 people killed on that uh, three days so we have many families mother fathers they are seeking for justice who killed our children who killed my our their family and no one answered them from the government they they didn't they never get any justice about it they never said who killed your kids so we were expecting from the all of the actors celebrities who get credit from the society to support these people these are our people these are iranian people and you have to talk about them but whenever we open their social media pages they are talking about the palestinian and israeli people what the hell are you doing we we are expecting you to i mean support our people i mean we have lots of problem inside our country but they always ignore and, and i mean they never answer and never talk about this matter that's really matter in iran that's a serious matter so we 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 found the parvis parastri is coming to united states with the red carpet events and showing movies and q and uh, a question and answer so we planned for everything some of us decided to protesting and yelling in front of the theater cinema i decided to go inside and ask a serious question they didn't know i'm part of the protesting people from outside so i went and sat in in the chair and watched the a stupid movie that was fully i mean spread regime propaganda and they got the theater in beverly hills just imagine middle of beverly hills they are showing something about the irgc organization they are they are showing something about the hashto shabi one of one of the militia in iraq who's who gets support from uh, iranian regime they're showing hashto shabi in a positive light yes yes the in only the, person in beverly hills yeah, in Beverly wow. Hills, yeah. And movie finished, I raised my hand, I have a question. <laughs> As a first person, they said, okay, go ahead, what's your question? I asked them, hey, Mr. Parastui, you, uh, I heard one of the my friend's voice in Clubhouse social media. He was a mother, her name, she was a mother, her name was uh, Mahbube Ramazani. His son got killed in November 2019 by five bullets. Bullets. So she was asking from you, and she named you, Mr. Parastri, why you never talk about his son? Why you are every day talking about the Palestinian children? You get lots of credit from us, but you never respond that. And I asked from all of the artists and actors and actresses inside the theater, I asked them, when you want to talk about them, when you're going to support them, they are, they are asking you, they need you, they need your support. And you came to this country 
and talk about who killed American soldiers. You are spreading your propaganda in middle of Beverly Hills. That's not acceptable. And he, he wasn't able to answer me. He said he talked about everything except those people who killed by government and regime. And two days after that, some Rajabi went to the other city. They, he followed them and, <laughs> and catch Parastu. I mean, uh, that asked them, what's your relationship? Between, what's the relationship between you and Qasem Soleimani, the most dangerous terrorist in the world? who killed by President Trump. And he said, that's none of your business. And he hit the, his cell phone and the story started from that. That was, that was the most, I mean, worst thing happened from that guy. Oh yeah. But, like he, when he assaulted Psalm, I was like, oh no, this is going, <laughs> this is just going to make it even bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's got viral in all around the social media in Farsi. Oh yeah. Well, I want to provide some context because some people might not understand. So the things that they talk about, like when they, these actors and um, directors, when they're trying to bring attention to human suffering and causes, they mention the Palestinian people and also victims of, um, I think, Hiroshima? Uh, yes, 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 correct. Okay. So some people might not understand. People in the audience might think like, well, those are good things to bring attention to. Like those are like um, crimes that were committed against, you know, cr crimes against humanity and stuff. Like, But what people don't understand is that these are, it's, it, it, the, the reasoning, like these are basically what the Islamic Republic of Iran, the regime, highlights as the crimes of Israel and United States. So you as an activist or as a movie maker or an artist in Iran, basically falling in line and highlighting the same things, it's an easy thing to do. It's not like something that the regime doesn't do itself. Like they, they love highlighting crimes by Israeli regime or the American regime, right? But you wouldn't do what the, what the frustration is from a lot of Iranian people is that you wouldn't do something that even, you know, um, might cause a little bit, even the regime to be even a little bit upset with you. Like you wouldn't highlight their own crimes. You only highlight crimes that they would want you to highlight. You do the easy thing. You, you do mm. the thing that, make, that makes them clap for you or gives them, you know, promote you and give you all the privileges that you would want as an artist. Those are the crimes that you will highlight. But when you when the Iranian people themselves are suffering and being killed by the same regime that highlights other regimes' uh, crimes, you wouldn't even dare highlight that even a tiny bit because it might jeopardize your career or all your privileges that you enjoy. So that's a, that's the complaint that people are having. Not that these other crimes do, do not deserve attention. The people are asking, why wouldn't you spend just a little bit also talking about the Iranian people being killed by the same regime that is supporting you? Is yeah, that a fair? Also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you want to talk about the Palestinian children, that's totally fine. It's okay. But before that, we have lots of serious matters inside our country. Why are you trying to ignore that and just talk about the ch Palestinian children? It's not fair. We are asking you if you are seeking for the peace, if you are looking for a peace in the world, just to start from our own company, I mean, our own uh, country. 
not from the other country. You you just talk about the other countries. When when, when you want to decide to talk about our problem with Iranian regime. Susanna, there are some. Uh, um, I want maybe I should get the video of Ali in the theater. But well, yes, I get wait, that. That's a great idea. Let's actually show our audience like what we're talking about. That's perfect. What I yeah, thought was what... so interesting about yeah. the big event that happened in Beverly Hills, and then it kind of, you know, Sam followed him and it continued later. But when you stood up and you confronted Parviz, um, it turned into a conversation with the whole audience. Like the audience started talking back to you. And then <laughs> it, it really exposed to a lot of people how much support there is for the regime in America. Like there was this lady in glasses and a hijab and she had a lot to say to you. And then there were also these girls, you know, no hijab, blonde, bright dyed hair, you know, very lots of makeup, like tight clothing. And they would just say, like, I don't care about the Iranian people. Like, who cares? Like, and um, that's that. yeah, the reaction that's to that. Can you talk about those interactions? And then, um, yeah, how people react. Yeah. These are these are so Iranians. Cool. But just just to be clear, these are Iranians in the United States who live lives that are very liberal. And they are doing things that is in support of the regime, basically, maybe not knowing that they're doing so. And then when they, they were confronted by Ali and some, they were like, oh, yeah, I don't give some of them were like, I don't care. But I don't give a damn about the Iranian. Or there's this yeah. famous image of this girl who's like, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. One of one of the Iranian actresses. Uh, who, who she? I mean, she tried to support Parastui after my question, and she said, "You know what? You have to respect our idea." I said, "Your idea are is killing our people. There is no, I mean, any respect." Our beliefs. Your idea. Yeah, your yeah. your beliefs. Yeah, your beliefs are killing is killing. My, I mean, uh, our people inside Iran. There, that execution is based on your beliefs and ideas. Wait, Ali was muted for me. Wait, Ali, you did have, you say something? I don't know Ali, what happened. His audio just dropped when you shared the video. Yeah, yeah. Ali? Say something, Ali? Oh, there we go. Oh. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay, okay. there we go. Perfect. Okay, I don't think it had anything to do with the shared video. But yeah, keep oh. talking. Though. I'm just going to show this in the background as you speak. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 I, I wasn't inside the theater, but outside, some and other, um, I mean, uh, guys try to ask him questions from the people who was about enter to this theater. They asked them, why you are supporting the regime? They said, no, we don't care about that. They answered, if you don't care about them, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. This event is Helding by Nayak regime's lobby in United States. They said, no, we don't care. If you don't care, why you are trying to supporting them but being here? That was the other question. They, I mean, um, my friends asked them from the audience and people who came to the theater. Yeah. 
I, I, I really like this, I mean, events. I, I, I watched this video for more than 100 times, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like most about it? <laughs> Actually, the, that was kind of emotional speaking, you mm -hmm. know. I, 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 I mean, I was able to affect all audience inside theater. You yeah. did say, guys. I wish I, I wish you guys could speak Persian or understand Persian, okay? Because he was so good. Like the way he talked, it was so passionate. Like you couldn't um and he was so eloquent, you know, the way he speaks um about the passion that he has for the Iranian people and their suffering, right? And how much he cares. You could just hear that in his voice and the way he talks about it. It was it was just you know, I just wish you guys could understand because I, I know I, I don't even speak Farsi, and you can just tell that you're a, a great speaker. Uh, like yeah. <laughs> the, the way yeah, that you deliver what you're saying, I'm like, tell me more. I don't understand, but tell me more. <laughs> and and I think and I want to like I, I'm gonna try to make people understand what the feeling is. Like you can see all these people in the theater, okay? So these are like. This, these are Iranians who live, don't just live American lives, okay? They live the best American lives, okay? These are Iranians that are elite, they're upper class, and they have very, very luxurious lives, lives very different, not just from average Iranians, lives that are even way better than average Americans, okay? And they're so distant from the Iranian people and it seemed like to a lot of Iranian people, they, they just seemed like they're from another planet, let alone another country, right? Um, and they come here and they, they, have, they have already been divorced from the Iranian experience, okay? Um, but they come here, like it, it's one thing for them to just like completely be divorced from the Iranian people and go live their luxurious lives. And that's already makes a lot of people frustrated. But then to watch the same people come and watch this this support this movie and this actor um maybe unknowingly or knowingly or whatever and like couldn't you just if you want to divorce us can you just like at least not support our oppressors can you at least can, is it too much if you're not going to help us can you at least not support the people who are oppressing us like that's that's the frustration and and to watch that's why a lot of people from Iran watching Ali talking there they were like somebody speaking somebody is there speaking for us right somebody is giving them a piece of our mind you know and that's why he got so much support and that's why Iranian people from Iran were like thank you Ali thank you for being there and thank you for being our voice my pleasure yeah you cannot believe one of these guys inside the theater is the former Beverly Hills mayor. Oh, you cannot wow. believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name, but uh, one of them was the Beverly Hills mayor. They are rich people. You cannot be. But when, when, when my friends ask them, what are you doing, sir? What are you doing here? He said, I'm not a political person. What the hell? You are the, <laughs> you are the former mayor of Beverly Hills. You are not political. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, so and our, let me provide context for this as well, because this is something a lot of, as soon as they're pressured, a lot of Iranians, um, 
they're like they say a lot of people and this is a line that a lot, a lot of iranians are sensitive about when they say like oh i don't know i'm not a political person so basically mm. trying to wash their hands clean off of this whole thing right um but like though you're you you're, you are political when it comes to supporting the regime you are political you have been here you have been doing this you have been voting like people are saying like hey don't bother me i'm not political on their way to vote for iranian regimes hand-picked candidates are like you're what do you mean you're not political you're voting you're on the way how <laughs> could you not be political <laughs> so you're not <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and more than 90 percent of them are political refugees they came to this country right. for political matters and get the refugees and residency in united states but then decided to change their mind no no we are not political that's a very right. good point that's a very good point so, so we this we have a actually oh, caused a lot of attention, like because of what you and Sam Rajabi were doing. Ho hopefully we can get Sam on this show soon. Um, <laughs> you actually caused members of Congress to look in to how Parastui got his visa. The, you, you know, you, you raised so much attention and caused such fuss. Armin, if, if you could actually show that picture of uh, Parviz with Awesome Soleimani, I think that'd be a good demonstrative because okay. like I I need people to understand like how close he was to Soleimani. It's not just like, oh, we talked at a dinner party once. Um, <laughs> but because you guys brought so much attention to this issue, then um, let me read this. Representative Jim Banks, a member of um, from Idaho, is asking the Biden administration to explain why it granted a visa to Parvis Parastui. Um and because of his overt connection to the IRGC. So because of your activism, now we actually have people going to the federal government and saying, what are you guys doing? Like, you need to be more thorough. You need to be more precise. Yeah, so uh, Armin, can you explain like well, what is, we're looking at here? This is the actor of Paris Parasuri, and this is Qasem Soleimani. And he, they're not just sitting next to each other. They seem to be in love. <laughs> the way, like this is romantic. Look at this. This this looks like they're this looks like they're, they're about to propose. Like one of them. And it's the other one. <laughs> yeah, and like, also Parastui played a movie based on Soleimani's character before. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's like, more than relationship. I don't understand how this is like possible. Like, for example, in the UK, if you support Hamas, you get fined, right? But in the United States, um, this is like you're supporting a terrorist group and you're not being investigated. Like, you literally have like an openly transparent movie supporters of IRGC, which is like a no, like officially a terrorist group in the United States. And you have a movie for doing their propaganda. Like, if you had a movie propaganda supporting ISIS, would you be able to have a movie about that on Beverly Hills, just supporting ISIS? Like, and if not, why can you do that with IRGC? Actually, all of them goes behind the freedom of speech in the United States. That's a that's our idea. That's what we believe. What the hell? Your beliefs is killing the American soldiers in Iraq and Iran. What are you doing exactly? But honestly, nobody knows about the movie contents. I was the only person inside theater and leaking the information about the movie. Uh, and they, 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 they never seen that movie before. That was the, I mean, uh, just 
it it I guess it played only as a first time over there, and mm. we we understood the Code Pink uh, organization and other cinematic organization who I mean held this event. All of them was fake. Nayak was behind both of them. And right. when I get inside the theater, I saw all of the Nayak members were saying, hey, welcoming to the guests and organizing the events. And nobody knew about that. Mm-hmm. So we should tell people uh, a little bit about Nayak because um, I don't know if a lot of people understand Nayak is like a, the main uh, propaganda arm of the Iranian regime in United States. And the problem is that a lot of people, uh, a lot of Americans see them as this innocent, you know, pro-minority uh, loving group. They have like a very, the, the, it looks pretty nice and decent and professional and it doesn't look like a ter- pro-terrorist like, group. Like an authentic and authoritative representative of the feelings and opinions of, of Iranian Americans. That's Iranian Amer- yes, yes, not the Iranian regime, but Iranian Americans. And in leftist circles, that sounds very nice. Like, oh, Iranian Americans, they have a voice. This is a lobbying group speaking on behalf of them. But a lot of Iranian people are screaming, they do not, these mofos don't represent us. Like, these are, these, Nayak is an organization supporting our oppressors. American people, please stop inviting them everywhere as if they speak on behalf of Iranian people, because they don't, they speak on behalf of Iranian regime. Right. And I, I want to mention that I like watch, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of uh, news coverage, and I am amazed of how uh, to see how much every time there's Iranian expert, like, I'm like, is it a Nayak? Is this Nayak? I'm like, yes, it's Nayak. Like podcast after podcast, news coverage after news coverage, there's so many times that when you see the Iranian side is being represented by one of their agents. Okay. Um, Ali, do you want to tell us a little bit about Nayak and how, why people yes. shouldn't be trusting him? Yeah. I mean, I guess everything has started from Javad Zarif, uh, former foreign minister in Iran. He was working long time in United Nations and he was familiar with the United States culture, Democrats party, and he created this organization 20 years ago based on his experience. And they placed their own journalists in all of the main media in United States. For example, they have journalists in Washington Post, in New York Times. Javad Zarif is the former foreign minister for people who don't know. Uh, Javad Zarif, yes. That, that, that's kind of the propagandist. I mean, they, they, they knew the United States perfectly and he took advantage of this, I mean, knowledge that he, he based and created the Naya Council in the United States. And what I told, as what I told you, they have many journalists in main media, U- US medias. So whenever something happens inside Iran, uh, for example, in 2019, in 300 cities, people demonstrating and protesting against government, they get killed more than 1,500. These journalists covering up the regime crimes and they change the stories. You know, they said the demonstrate people get violence against uh, security forces 
then they have to kill people. It's mm -hmm. not true. It's totally, I mean, false yeah. story. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen how sometimes they lie or sometimes they lie by omission. It's so frustrating to listen to them because they're so obviously um, pro-regime and they act like they don't, uh, they're not, but they, they are. I just want to quickly read uh, something from, uh, um, that was published in Washington Times in November 2009. Uh, it mm -hmm. says law. This is about Nayak. Okay, law Wait, enforcement. You share your screen. Um. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Law enforcement experts who reviewed some of the documents uh, which were made available to the Times by the uh, defendant in the suit say emails between Mr. Parsi. This is uh, Trita Parsi, which was the founder, I think, of Nayak. Right. He was uh, one of the co-founders or yes. the founder. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, Mr. Parsi and Iran's ambassador to the United Nations at the time, Javad Zarif. Oh, at this time, he was the United Nations ambassador, not the foreign minister. Um, and an internal review of the lobbying disclosure act offer evidence that the group has operated as an undeclared lobby and may be guilty of violating tax laws, the Foreign Agents uh, Registration Act and lobbying disclosure laws. Um, okay, I may be guilty of violating tax laws, the Foreign Agent Registration Act, and lobbying disclosure uh, laws. The Times asked two former federal law enforcement officials to review documents from the case, showing that Mr. Parsi had helped arrange meetings between members of Congress and Mr. Zarif, arranging. So, guys, this is like basically proof that everything they tell you is a lie. They were actually helping government agents. This is not helping Iranian people. They were helping government agents, Iranian regime, okay? Arranging meeting, be, meetings between members of Congress and Iran's ambassador to United Nations would, in my opinion, require that person on, or entity to register as an agent of foreign power. So they weren't, they're not officially acting as a lobby of the regime, but even though their behavior suggests that they're a lobby of the regime but they weren't filed as such, right? In this case, it would be Iran. So yeah, they need to be registered of an agent of a foreign power. And in this case, it would be Iran. So, so this is, guys, these are not just opinions. These are uh, professionals and government agents telling you that they should have been registering as a lobby of Iran, said one of those officials, former FBI Associate Deputy Director Oliver uh, Buck Revel. The other of of official former FBI special agent in Counterintelligence and counterterrorism, Kenneth Piernik said, it appears that this may be lobbying on behalf of Iranian government interests. So guys, this is, again, this is, we have, basically we have proof for this. This is not just um, guesswork, okay? I just want to, if, if it's okay, I just want to read one, um, one thing else here to show you how they operate. Um, a Nayak uh, internal document released during the lawsuit shows that the organization uses its pro-Iranian American uh, posture as a tool to advance its political agenda. Nayak was re registered as a 501c3 with restrictions for the amount of lobbying it could legally perform. In 2002, when Nayak was launched, Parsi and two Washington lobbyists worked together to create a parallel organization to Nayak that would carry on out lobbying activities. Oh, so they realized that Nayak itself cannot do the lobbying activities, so they created a, a parallel organization, basically with the same people, right? In October 2002, Parsi sent a memo to these two lobbyists titled 
uh, towards the creation of an Iranian-American lobby and, ex and explain the real goal of his lobby, uh, lobby activities. So these are internal memos. These are their own documents, okay? He says, although the mission of the proposed lobby should be to improve relations between U.S. and Iran, mm. again, this is Iranian regime. So they're showing you that they're working on behalf of the in the interest of the Iranian regime, not the Iranian An people. organization and dedicated towards the improvement of Iranian Americans would not necessarily be concerned about improving relations between the U.S. and Iran. Exactly. Exactly. The community here. Exactly. But but look, but they're saying that, so that's the actual goal, right? So he's saying, although that's our mission and open up opportunities for trade, the initial targets should be less controversial issues such as visas and racial poor profiling and discrimination. So, guys, they're using this whole, you know, protecting minorities angle because they know that plays so well in American politics. Like, oh, we're just fighting against racial profiling and discrimination against Iranian people, but their actual agenda is to support the regime. They're saying that in their own internal memos, okay? So they're hiding behind protecting minorities. Uh, despite, it, despite its predominantly business-oriented constitu constituency, it is essential that the lobby creates a human face. Oh the, human, the human element is essential both when it comes to attracting support among Iranian-Americans and when it comes to winning the debate and the votes on the hill. Anyways, that's yeah. pretty damning. <laughs> they do have they do have a journalist in New York Times. Her name is Farnas Fasihi. She's really one of the <laughs> worst kind of the journalists. She she hurts Iranian people. She hurts Iranian people. And whoever I mean say something to her what what why why you why you covering up these crimes why are you trying to make up the stories she said no i'm women of color i'm immigrant muslim women you are trying to target harassing me yeah mm. i mean don't don't name me i mean i just name her in twitter farsi twitter and ask her question twitter suspended my account you cannot imagine how they can i mean push pressure on uh, I mean, we, I mean, Iranian who seek for the liberty. And just, just, just let me tell you something. We don't have their organization. We just started working against them. Last year, exactly on May 1st, 2021, I did a fundraising and collect money from my friends. We posted huge billboard front of the New York Times editorial building to <laughs> and mention on that do not trust Mullah's lobby in United States. They are trying to hurt America. That was really one of our best, I mean, activities. Wait, how could people more support more activities like that by you guys? Like, uh, do you have a place where people can find your activities and support you? Actually, Normal Life Council is not real council. That's only non-profit organization. I base this organization to get people support. I mean, do the, I mean, community support can, can help us. People just do the donation and we 
spend that money in our activities. It's, it's not really expenses. We don't waste their money. It's really cheap, but we get lots of results with less money. You know, I just spent $130 for Paris Tweez events to print only 20 posters, but we get lots of results. You know, we had Congress <laughs> reaction about that. <laughs> it's it's almost nothing. I mean, whatever we paid for that. Yeah. So if you guys want to check out Ali's work and support, you can go to www.nlcouncil.org uh, slash donate if you want to specifically donate. And you can see a lot about their activities and the poster, you know, that they put in front of the New York Times that he was talking about, which was huge. Um, <laughs> And um, I will post a link to your Instagram as well in the live chat. And then I'll post it in the videos when um, this is over. Um, I know that we've gone past an hour, but is there any chance you can answer a few questions from our audience? For sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be interesting to you because this also goes into um, stuff that's happening recently. That's important. Um, so, the background to this is that after Ghassan Soleimani was assassinated, there was a plane flight that was going from Iran to U Ukraine that was shot down by the government and hundreds of people were killed. And um, it was flight 752. And getting justice for the families who were affected by this has been a huge campaign. And then recently there has been a... Um, a, a soccer match that's been declared with the Iranian team in Canada. And so this has caused huge outrage, especially because many of the families who had their family members killed are in Canada and there's a huge Iranian community in Canada as well. So that's the background to this question. Um, Mose is saying, what questions should we ask regime supporters in Los Angeles and Toronto when we face them? They're having a party for the Iran-Canada game, and I'm going to face them, but I'm scared. So what would you say to someone who wants to do similar activism to you? Actually, the, there is no shy. We ask them direct question. How could you support the regime who shot two missiles to the innocents, I mean, people in Ukrainian uh, airline? That, that's, that's a real question because... Uh, the, the, there is a chance you you've been there airplane who who got shot from the IRGC uh, we, we we understood some of the restaurants and club in Toronto they are supposed to do the party to support the football team in I mean in June 5th I mean next week we organized some of our friends in Toronto and Vancouver to go their business and ask them, how could you support regime propagandas when, 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 when they threat to kill all of us? That, that's really a direct question. And we make a shy for them. There is, there is no, I mean, there is, uh, we, we, we are really serious about these matters. If you want to use the Canada or United States Liberty, and support the terror regime, you have to answer us. We have many questions to ask you, and we don't let you anymore to support our killers. That, that's really serious matters for us. 
And uh, in case I mentioned to you, well, we're not supporting the regime. We're just supporting the athletes. And this is sports. It has nothing to do with politics. Uh, just remind them that the regime itself has made it clear that sports is a way for it to get its agenda. They use sports as soft power. It is an arm of Iranian soft power. And they have admitted themselves that this, it, it, they said that uh, they, they admitted that sports and, and these kind of activities is a more powerful way of getting their agendas met outside of Iranian borders than their own uh, foreign ministry. So it is a tool that they use. So just remind them. Correct. Um, D. This is a question from D. D is asking, have you experienced any abuse here in America when people find out that you're from Iran? Uh, honestly, no. I'm living in California. There is many lovely people who are welcoming for immigrant peoples like me. Actually, uh, I, I mean, Californian people ask many questions, but there is there is no bad attitude behind that. They ask me, where are you from? Where is your family? I mean, uh, how how I mean, how do you feel in this country? They they have they have many questions. I'm, I'm OK to answer all of them. Uh, honestly, I've never experienced any racism or something like that. But I feel I feel really perfect. There is the best I mean location in the world I'm living right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and this is a little bit more. This is a bigger question. I don't know if we can really dive into this because there's a lot here. Uh, Mose is asking, what should we do about the Javed Shah and monarchist cult, the Mujahid cult? I think he's referring to MEK. Um, reformist cult and basically saying I was in the radio Shemrun cult for four years until Armin helped set me free. Do we need them? So what Mo is referring to is there are lots of different kind of camps for regime opposition. Some of them are, they think that supporting the monarchy is the best way to support the, to fight the regime. Other people think it's this MEK terrorist group. Well, um, I mean, okay, I, okay. To be fair, to be fair, as much as I'm anti-monarchy, um, I will work with them against the regime. I don't. I, as much as I'm like, I am very much against monarchy, but I'm not. It's not. They're not the same as the MEK. Like no. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, like the reformists that, that are. That I was basic... about to tell you. Yeah, that yeah, I was yeah. about to tell you. Yeah, monarchy is not called, but Mujahid is called. Yes, that's that's true. But I mean, some of the regime's cyber army, they are pretend that they support monarchy and I mean, extra in Iran, but in fact, they are not. I mean, that's kind of cover for their activity. I mean, if you check the social media, you see many of the monarchist supporters, they are cursing me, but uh, I know they are not the real supporters. I know in all of the communities there is some, I mean, sorry, there is some stupid people. I, I believe that. But we are working together against regime because the most important thing to me is the for future of Iran is the democracy, secularism, and people rights, liberalism. I mean, the normal life campaign based on these 
three means. And we are trying, I, I really don't care how look is the regime after our revolution. It's the, uh, I mean, it's the monarchy system or it's the, I mean, the, 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 the Republican, Republic. what, what, what Republic system. Yeah. I, 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 I'm looking for the content of the, the quality of life of, I mean, it doesn't matter you're living in United Kingdom or United States. The quality of life is almost same, but they do have different kind of, I mean, government in there. That, that's what I'm trying to, I mean, explain for Iranian people. It doesn't really matter how Luke is the future of Iran. Okay. I mean, I would argue that it matters, but we could have that. We could have that yeah, we can have that discussion later. Yeah, I think. Later, I think what uh, Armin and Ali would both agree on, and I think what Ali you do a really good job of doing, is um, teaching ordinary Iranians the value of these freedoms. And Armin and I have a lot of conversations about how we don't think that there can um, be real hope for real regime change until more people are educated and understand the value of these freedoms. And I think what you do with the normal life campaign and showing like, sometimes you just show like people walking, like men walking down the street with their shirt off, like on a hot day, you know, to show what like normal life is like outside in other more free societies. And I think, um, yeah, you do a really good job with that. So please keep well, it up. Well, I think I think okay. So there's another disagreement. I think Ali and I also uh, might disagree on the chances of regime change, right? Yes. Like I think like Ali thinks there's high. <laughs> I think it's very low. But what we could agree on is that whatever we can do to put pressure on the regime, whether or not it leads to a regime change or not. That's a good thing. That's a positive. Pressure on the Iranian regime is a positive thing, even if we disagree on the chances of a regime change. That, and as long as we agree on that, then a lot of our activities can be on this, in the same direction. Yeah, honestly, right? yeah. I, I believe we don't need 100% of population to do the revolution. We just need 20% serious people take action against government and regime. That's what we are trying to make it. I mean, uh, now we are trying to organize more people in all around the world. We do have a team in Germany. We do have a team in France. We do have a team in UK, Canada. I mean, we are trying to, I mean, I mean, train people to do something. It just, it's, it's not enough to, I mean, share your opinion in social media. You have to do something against them and you have to do some activity. I believe, I mean, we, I'm not sure. I mean, I've never get disappointed against revolution in Iran since 2005 so far. So uh, we, we're, we're trying to spread our activities and idea. I mean, trying to change that. We, I, I told you, we need just 20% just of Iranian population to change the regime. Hmm. Um, all right. D is saying, don't many have family or contacts in Iran? How do they get so cut off as to cheer the oppressor? 
Um, well, D is talking about the Iranians who live in, who are living luxurious lives. Like he, she's asking, don't they have like a family or contacts in Iran? Yeah, but D, if they do, their their lives in Iran are also their part is different from average Iranian life, right? Like the these people who are upper class elite people, they are living. Even the even the family and contacts they have in Iran, they they're living much better lives than many Iranians could even dream of. So that's why they're so disconnected from the rest of the Iranian people. Some of them, at least. Sure, uh, I didn't get that. You mean my family or? No, no, no. D, no, no. D is asking about like why would these Iranians uh, in LA? Why would they do this? Why would they support the oppressor? Don't they have families or contacts mm -hmm. in Iran? Right. So yeah. Just, actually, yeah. actually, I guess they disconnected from the their family in Iran, and some of them get disappointed to change something in Iran. They they try to accustom themselves with the situation. Okay, they they mullahs is are supposed to remain. So try to do our business. Try to make money. Try to make peace with them. That that's one of the reason I I believe that. Mm. All right, so th that was the last question. Just, uh, just some quick comments of support. Uh, Sterling is saying, "Ali, you come to Toronto, drinks on me." So there you go. Yeah, we got you some free <laughs> drinks. Uh, Mo is saying, uh, ten dollars coming to you every month, Ali." So Mo is like uh, supporting you on PayPal. Ten dollars every Mo. month. Right. Thank yeah, you, Mo. And, I appreciate. And Mo is saying, he's saying, "I will increase it." <laughs> okay, <laughs> I appreciate. Um, and also in support of uh, me being anti-monarchy, Sterling is saying, Susanna is our queen. <laughs> so, okay. So there's, okay. That form of monarchy we could agree upon. That's fine. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, you so for much. joining us, Ali. If you ever have like big events or campaigns that you're working on that you want to talk about, that you want to promote, feel free to come talk to us anytime. I would love to help you get more exposure to the English speaking community, because I think um, you're doing so much good work, but it, it needs, um, there needs to be more people who understand what you do, right? Correct. Um, yes. Not have it be so insular. And so, yeah, um, yeah reach I out said, to us. I said many times this to Armin, I believe, Atheist Republic is my, my home because I'm, no, I'm an atheist and I don't need any invitation to come to you guys. So thank you so much for having me here. Oh, oh that's you. so sweet. Yeah, that's just so sweet. talk to me anytime. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, thank, thank you. you. Uh, so, and one, yeah, go on. Uh, no, I mean, I, I was about to ask you, is there any more question? No, just, just one more time. Where can people support you? What was the website, Suze? One more time, like um, I put it in the live chat, but you guys can go to nlcouncil.org, or uh, if you want to follow Ali on Instagram, it is normal.life.for.iranians. Or if you search Ali Ibrahim Zadeh, you'll probably find his Instagram pretty quickly. <laughs> yes, thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, guys. Okay. See you soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Bye.